What you see is what you get. Hello, my name is Pastor Chris Miller, and I am your host on the VC Speaking Podcast, where we are equipping Christians for life. Hello, and welcome to the PC Speaking Podcast, Equipping Christians for Life. Well, thank you for taking the time to tune in as we continue on in our series, Do the Right Thing, Why Morality Matters. Today, our topic is Don't Lie. Sometimes you can say something as a positive do-something statement, and you can turn it around and say it in a negative way as a don't-do-something statement. And in the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, towards the end of the New Testament, John does that a lot. And he makes a statement, then restates it in the reverse to reinforce his point. And today, in talking about why morality matters, I had to think about, should this be titled, Tell the Truth, or should it be titled, Don't Lie? And I decided to go with, Don't Lie. Either one, I think, would work. But in this case, I'm taking my cue from Exodus chapter 20, where there's a negative, don't do this statement. Exodus 20, 16 says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's number nine of the Ten Commandments. It wasn't stated as tell the truth, which of course we should. But the commandment says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And I really think there's something to that. There is something to tell the truth, and there's also something to don't lie, don't bear false witness. Let's also read a passage of scripture from the New Testament. We're going to read Acts chapter, uh, from Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, a story that might be familiar to some of you. It's uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Verse 1 says, Now a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. He kept back part of the proceeds with his wife's knowledge and brought a part of it and placed it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to deceive the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, was it not your own? And when it was sold, was it not under your authority? Why have you conceived this deed in your heart? You did not lie to men, but to God. On hearing these words, Ananias fell down and died. And great fear came on all those who heard these things. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for this amount. She said, yes, for that much. Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. At once she fell down at his feet and died. Upon entering, the young men found her dead and carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Well, today our title is Don't Lie. And someone could reasonably ask, wouldn't tell the truth or don't lie be pretty much the same thing? Well, they're definitely related, but they're not exactly the same thing. When we lie or tell stories that are untrue, even if we don't consciously think I'm telling a lie, which is something we all struggle with from time to time, but we act on a presumption or we act on false information. We are still being deceptive. We're still telling a lie, still bearing false witness. And that does damage. It hurts people when we lie. It weakens relationships. It weakens our society and culture. The world can't function properly if we lie, if we bear false witness. That's why 
the particular moral practice of avoiding lies matters. Using deceptive language, believing and acting on things that are not true, jumping to conclusions, even if we don't realize we're doing it, are destructive and they're harmful. And I don't think anyone is innocent when it comes to not lying. It's something we've all done at some point. We've all likely embellished the truth, shared some gossip that wasn't completely true, jumped to conclusions that weren't true, whatever it might be. Or maybe we just outright lied to avoid a potentially difficult situation, maybe keep ourselves out of trouble when we were a kid. All kinds of different reasons that people lie. And most people would say that lying is not okay. Pretty much, well, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody. Who knows? Some people might completely disagree with me, but I think that most people would say that lying is not okay. But the reality is, is that everyone does it. And most people are okay with it to a degree. We tell lies so much that we have become accustomed to it. It doesn't even bother us. We do it even when there's no reason to lie. We say we're going to do something and then we don't. Or we say we're going to show up for something, but we never do. Or we say I'm going to start exercising or I'm going to lose weight. And we frankly, probably deep down inside, no, we really don't plan to do any of those things. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, been talking to someone in the community or about whatever, and they'll say, they'll say to me, you know, well, I'll see you Sunday at church, and then they don't show up. I've had that happen a multitude of times. But we lie to other people, we lie to ourselves, we do that all the time and treat those lies like they're harmless. But are they really harmless? Even if it's the normal thing to do, do lies cause harm? Are they destructive? Well, there are several times people lied in the Bible, and we can see the consequences of that. We can learn from those lessons, those stories. One we've talked about many times is in Genesis chapter 3, uh, and this in particular is from verse 4 and 5, when Satan says to Eve, you will not surely die. Of course, they're talking about the eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan says to Eve, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. When you look at what Satan said, and don't take this the wrong way, but what he said was true. At the same time, it was also deceptive. It was, it was more than not telling the truth. It was a false witness. It was deceptive. He said, you will not surely die, which in that moment was true. They wouldn't die immediately, but they would die eventually. He said, your eyes will be opened, which was also true. Just a couple of verses later, exactly what Satan said came to pass. And the exact wording is, then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. They did become like God in the sense that now they knew know the difference between right and wrong, but they didn't understand the consequences of sin and evil or the shame that would come with that knowledge. Now, all of us know the difference and we all have to live with that and struggle with it day to day. So Satan uses truth to deceive. He tried that with Jesus as well. He even quotes scripture to Jesus. Satan didn't lie to Eve or Jesus, but he does try to get them to question what is true. 
They use the truth to be deceptive. And deception can be a very foggy thing. It almost always involves at least some truth, but it's twisted and it's intended to mislead someone. Uh, last Sunday, I was home and I normally take a Sunday nap. I'm, I'm pretty tired after church on Sunday and I'm exhausted by that time of the week and I take a nap and I woke up and I looked at my text messages on my phone and I had a message that said a transaction had been declined and to give the bank a call. So I thought that's weird. And I am super cautious about these things, about scams, but this was from the bank. I, I scrolled back through the messages there and it was the same number that I normally receive texts from the bank from. I could scroll back and see those texts. And this is a secure number. You know, I can't even see what the number is. It's just the number I get messages uh, from the bank. And so I called, called the number and went through the menu options. There was the, the recorded menu that you always get when you call up the bank and you press one for this, two for that, whatever it was. And I was put on hold as you always are. And I was listening to elevator music and they finally pick up. And they say, this is so-and-so from such and such, and how can I help you? And I say, well, I received a message saying my account had a withdrawal attempt and it had been blocked. And they said, what's your reference number? And I said, here it is. Okay. Looks like someone attempted to withdraw from funds from your account, but it was blocked for security reasons. But we'll need to do some things to secure your account. And at that point, something tripped in my head. Something is not right. Something's going on here. They wanted me to do something strange. And I said, I'm not comfortable doing that. And they said, well, if we don't take care of this now, we'll have to freeze your accounts until we can mitigate the risk or whatever it was they said. I don't remember exactly. And I said, well, yeah, just freeze it. Then I'll go sort it out in person on Monday. And they said, I'll put you through to accounts or something like that. And which they did, they put me on hold and then it disconnected. And that was the most convincing scam I've ever been approached with. The text came through the bank's message system. They had the menu for you to follow, the push button menu, all that stuff. They even put me on hold. And uh, I was certainly glad that I told them to freeze the account. And there was something that there that made me uncomfortable with it. But as I thought about that, it's almost similar to what Satan did. You know, Using a line of communication that's normally true to be deceptive. And that's a sickening feeling when you know someone has tried to deceive you. It's even worse when they actually do it. So it'd be hard to imagine how Adam and Eve felt in Genesis chapter three after Satan had deceived them and they ate this fruit and all of a sudden they come to this knowledge of what's, you know, the knowledge of good and evil and they're ashamed and all these different things happen. That'd be such a terrible feeling. So lies are often, or they can use the truth to be deceptive. But at the same time, do you ever wonder, I know I do, uh, is it ever okay to lie? And in the past, I've said multiple times that lies are always destructive. You should never lie. Don't ever lie. But yeah, it sometimes happens. And I'm not so sure about that now. I've heard a few different examples um, in podcasts recently where one person was saying, you know, well, I would lie to protect my kids. How, you know, is, is that good? Is that bad? Or there's another example of if you lived in Nazi Germany and the Gestapo is knocking on your door and asking you if you are hiding any Jews in your home, and in fact you are, is it okay to lie? And 
yeah, is it okay to lie? That's a really good question in a situation like that. But someone answered that as if you're in a situation where you have to lie for your kids or you're lying to protect someone, there's probably been a series of events or lies that have led up to that where you should have stood up and said something long before now. So that's an interesting way to look at it. And But there are often things in the Bible that push us to rethink what we think. There are lies told by people in the Bible that seem to have a positive outcome. Uh, the Hebrew midwives in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, Pharaoh told the midwives, if a Hebrew woman gives birth to a son, kill the baby. If it's a girl, let it live. The Hebrew midwives told the Pharaoh that the babies were born before they could get there, which seems to be a lie, but God blessed them. The Hebrew midwives saved the lives of many Hebrew babies because they lied. Rahab the harlot is another example of a lie that seems to have positive consequences. She lied to save the lives of the Israelite spies. And God spared her when the walls of Jericho fell. So are lies always wrong and destructive? Well, there seem to be some examples of lies that God was okay with and that even produced positive results. There are others, though, that are very much destructive and have very terrible results, and they come with severe consequences. Ananias and Sapphira are one of the examples of bad results. They sold a piece of property. They gave part of the proceeds to the church, but kept back part for themselves. And it's not an issue that they kept part of it for themselves. That, that wasn't a problem. The problem was that they lied, and they said they had given all of it. And I think the reason they lied was probably self-glorification. They lied not only about what they did, but who they were, and they died because of it. When you think about it, it's, it's similar in some ways to Adam and Eve believing Satan. They believed that they could be like God in having his knowledge. Ananias and Sapphira believed that they could be like God and that they were worthy of praise. A lie is often just that, a means of self-glorification. It's Kind of like that old joke about fishermen, maybe not so much a joke, early to bed, early to rise, fish all day and make up lies. The idea being to lie about the amount and size of fish you catch to make yourself seem like a better fisherman. Self-glorification. Although today in the world we live in with you know uh, your phone being able to take pictures and social media, that has uh, taken care of a lot of uh, uh, lying as a fisherman. But Ananias and Sapphira, they drop dead. And that seems pretty harsh, especially for the New Testament and in a New Testament church. Fortunately for us, God generally doesn't kill us because we don't tell the whole truth or use it out of context or something. Not to say he couldn't, he just generally doesn't. But God has given us this particular example to consider like other stories in the Bible. It's, it's always good to think about and meditate on what does God want me to know? Why is this here? Why has God placed this here? What does he want me to learn from it? We learn more from examples and stories more than we do just being told something directly, like don't do that. Um, an example, a story uh, helps with that. And that's one of the many reasons Jesus used parables when he taught. Now, I've heard this passage explained as God expects purity and righteousness among his people, which is true. 
I think that's walking down the right path, and that's certainly part of it, but it's not quite at the destination yet. Why does a lie matter so much to God? Why is a lie so repulsive, so much, in fact, that it would lead to a consequence of immediate death for Ananias and Sapphira? Well, that speaks to the point of this whole series of podcasts we've been going through, why morality matters. You know, do the right thing. Why morality matters. Sexual immorality. Don't lie. All these respect your elders, these different things we've been talking about. I think part of the reason we have the story of Ananias and Sapphira is to show us that lies and deception are very serious. They have very serious consequences. And it also shows us how God views lies. Why does God say, don't bear false witness against your neighbor? And in this case, neighbors, anyone you come into contact with, there are very practical reasons for a culture and society, not just Christians, but we'll talk about reasons specifically for Christians too, but cultures, society as a whole, that we should not lie. A culture and society can't be perpetuated on lies. It's not going to work. One of the foundational parts of a society is a justice system. That's partly why the Israelites were given the law. When they left Egypt, they had no system of anything. Old Testament law was setting up Israel to function as a nation. God gave them the law as a foundation for their society. And there are a lot of Levitical laws, 613 of them. And one of the 10 commandments is don't bear false witness. That's a foundational part of a culture and society. For it to prosper, people can't be lying to each other. For a justice system to work, lies cannot be part of it. It has to be founded in truth. For justice to work, it can't operate on lies. And that puts a lot of responsibility on everyone to not lie. You think about this for a minute. We've all known people, maybe we've been one of those people who have been frustrated by a justice system. And we might see someone who should receive justice, punishment of some kind, who does not. Someone who should be compensated, who is not, when justice is not served. And I think the reason that Sometimes people are frustrated with the justice system is because the people involved in that system, whether it be the plaintiff, the defendant, the the lawyers, the judges, the police, whoever's in that system, if the people in that system are seeking to manipulate an outcome, which sometimes they're able to do because of loopholes and things like that, that's going to frustrate people. Whereas if people who are part of that system are seeking what's true, seeking the truth, um, not lying, we'll find that a lot less, a lot fewer people will be frustrated with the justice system if it's based on truth instead of trying to manipulate an outcome. But anyway, that's a bit of a sidetrack. But here's another example of why we can't lie and expect society to prosper. I remember when online shopping was a new thing quite a while ago now. Um, You couldn't do a whole lot. I remember one of the first things you could do online, I think, was order flowers. And I think you could do a few other things. And obviously that has grown exponentially. Now you can buy anything you want online just about. But I 
remember back to when I first started to do some online shopping and thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to give my credit card info to some random website. I just wasn't comfortable with that. It took me a while to warm up to that. I just didn't trust it. I was fine if I could go into a store or speak to a person, actually have my goods in hand, I, I could live with that. But online shopping was a big step at the time. Now we do it all the time and hardly think about it. And, you know, young people grow up and they don't miss a beat. They just do it. But for online shopping to function, there has to be a lot of trust. You have to trust this person with your credit card information. You have to trust this person that they're actually going to send you the goods that you're buying. Because if you get burned, you're going to be far more cautious and less likely to spend in the future. And if that happens enough, it could wreck an economy. One of the most precious commodities in any economy is trust. And if consumers don't trust vendors and vendors don't trust consumers, the economy will not work. A justice system and the economy are foundational parts of a society. Neither one can operate on lies. We're followers of Jesus, and we know we shouldn't lie. But there's a good reason for us not to lie as well, as along with those other things. You know, God forgives sin, and if you are a saved believer, you are secure in Jesus. God loves me. I know that. No matter what, I'm saved, even if I do lie. But at the same time, don't lie, because it matters. Like we've said so many times, the gospel is what brings us to God. His commandments give us a roadmap for navigating the world in which we live. So don't lie because it matters. It's more than just purity for just the sake of purity. It has to do with the fact that you and I represent God to other people and how we represent God matters. We don't want to be overly harsh with that and too hard on ourselves because at some point we're going to mess it up but we want to do the best we can because it matters. God's people have always represented God on earth. You and I are his people. If you're a saved believer, you're a Christian, you're one of God's people. You represent God. It's like we're his ambassadors, his PR department, whatever you'd like to call it. The nation of Israel was meant to represent God to other people in the Old Testament. And that's in part why they were given the Old Testament law. God says, you're my people. You represent me. This is what I want that to look like. And the ninth commandment is part of that. Don't bear false witness because false witness would not represent who God is. We can say that about all God's moral commands. If we don't keep those, we don't represent who God is. And when God brought Israel out of Egypt. I don't think the land that God promised to Israel, the promised land, was just a random plot of land. Israel is strategically and geographically placed by God. When you look at Israel and you look at it on the map on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea there, you can Google this, bust out a map if you got one. When you look at Israel, it's just a small strip of land along the Mediterranean Sea. But when you look at where God placed Israel, any trade route between Africa, Europe, Asia would have had to have passed through Israel. Nobody was going out there and traveling through the desert uh, where the Israelites wandered for so long. Everybody from Europe, Asia, Africa would have passed through Israel on trade routes. That's why God chose to place the Israelites where he did. And the whole world was going to travel through the promised land and the world was going to learn about who God is from the Israelites. God says, 
don't bear false witness. When the time was right, and Jesus was born, and the gospel would travel to all parts of the world from Israel uh, at the fullness of time, once that happened, there were people all over the world who were becoming Christians. Churches are planted all over the known world. Now God has people who represent him everywhere in different communities around the world, in my community, in your community, all over the world. And if you're a saved believer, you are God's representative here on earth. Think about that. You're part of his PR department. You're his ambassador. What does that mean? The great majority of the time, unbelievers get their perception of who God is by looking at you and me. Maybe by listening to a podcast like this. Maybe by seeing how you treat your wife or your kids or your husband, watching how you live. You are part of God's family. And regardless of your location, anytime anyone passes through your life, online, offline, or in person, you represent God. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. That doesn't mean you have to be uptight or weird or anything like that. You don't have to act like you're part of some strange cult. God made you who you are and you will be at your best when you are not bearing false witness to who God created you to be. But God wants us to do that in a way that represents who he is to the world around us, to our community, to our family. A justice system and an economy can operate without truth and trust. You and I, can't rightly represent God and bear false witness at the same time because God is always trustworthy and he is truth. How you treat what is true reveals what you really think about God. You and I wouldn't want someone misrepresenting us. God doesn't want that either. That's one of the reasons God is very serious about not lying. That's why it matters as a Christian, that we don't lie. Ananias and Sapphira were lying to their church. They were glorifying themselves. When we lie, we misrepresent who God is because he, he does not lie. He is so true that what he speaks creates reality. That's what we see in the creation account in the book of Genesis. God speaks, then it exists. When we lie, We give an impression. We say God's holiness really doesn't matter and he's not really trustworthy. Nobody's perfect. We all mess that up at times. Sometimes the best thing we can do is be truthful about being untruthful and admit that we have misrepresented who God is and repent of that, turn away from it, tell the truth, admit that we've lied and do what we need to do. You know, sometimes people reject God because they just reject God. That's just the way they are. It's not always because someone has done something wrong. But the reality is, is that if you are able to really dig into why someone rejects God or is hostile towards Christianity, or they say, I'm an atheist, most people who reject God do so because of an experience they've had. It's either a secondary experience of something they've seen happen somewhere to someone else, or it's a personal experience. They've had something happen to them personally. Sometimes people reject God because people who represent him bear a false witness to who he is. That's something we all need to think about. When someone hears that God says you are sinful, it's important to God 
that they believe that because God loves them. He wants them to know and understand where they stand with him because he wants to save them. He wants to reconcile them to himself, just like he's done for the people who already trusted him. God wants his truth perpetuated by truthful people. He wants everyone to know and believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life from John 14, 6. You see, lying carries with it some pretty big consequences, potentially some eternal ones. And there's a big struggle in culture and among Christians with this today. But what someone thinks doesn't change what's true. I know there's a lot of struggle with truth in the world today. A lot of people, you know, just things that we used to not even consider questioning. A lot of people are questioning what's true, but what someone thinks doesn't change what's true. Lying doesn't change what's true, but what it does do is it puts you at odds with God and who he expects you to be. Proverbs 12, 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truly are his delight. God cares whether or not we tell the truth in everything. He doesn't want us to lie. Our finances, our marriage, our relationships, our interactions with people, it all matters. So let's take some time this week. You know, make a note if you need to. Write it down, put something on your mirror in your bathroom to meditate on not bearing false witness. Let's be true. Don't lie. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Let me know what you think in the comments. Please consider subscribing and sharing this with someone who might find it helpful. Oh, that's good.